0: The fight song. All right, welcome in to the Play the Fight Song podcast. And then there was two. Reese joining me after missing our recap episode. I'm the only one here on the recaps and the previews. Apparently, I'm the only one that doesn't have a real job or have a social life. So. That's perfectly okay. I'd rather just sit here and talk college football, but Reese, it is great to have you back. I appreciate you joining me because there's too much to get to this week, and I can't do it by myself. We'll miss JP and and Cam, but they still got us some picks, and we'll give those to you guys as the episode goes on, and we're back at it with the uh, four amigos next week. So, Reese, busy weekend. You have a social life. You have friends. You had a wedding. How was your weekend? And then if you have
1: any college football thoughts from the weekend, we'd love to hear them. It was great. Uh, Went went back home to Iowa for the weekend. Uh, Shout out Rick. Had a great wedding, dude. Open bar. Never a bad idea at a wedding. If you're going to have a wedding and you're going to have an open bar, please invite me. It's a lot of fun. Um, And then hung out with the kiddos, the brothers and the sister, mom and dad all weekend. It was a great time. Saw a little bit of college football here and there. Um, I just want to mention that last week on the board, I was two and three. I was last. I went. I was the only one with a winning with a winning uh, record last week. So hey, three we're and two, a, right two crown steps in the right direction. Granted, all of us were wrong on Notre Dame, and my two ones that I got wrong were my uh, dogs, dog, and my favorite line. But we're for we're we're ignoring that. So you
0: you demolished us three and two demolished us one and four from me. JP and Cam. I mean, it literally can it get any worse? It could. We could go all in five. but it <laughs> let's plan on not that happening. I think I saw. Yeah. In a uh, Snapchat story, did your your little nephew have a Nebraska theme party? Is that what I saw on Friday? Yes, he
1: did. Yep, yep. Finns, uh, they're they're big Husker fans. They're yelling a bunch of "Go Big Red" stuff. So yeah, they were. We were watching the game Friday night, and yep, Nebraska fans. I haven't watched the game with them for a while, but they get into that stuff, man. And I was talking, I was talking out with I was hanging out with Parks the day before. <laughs> I think we watched like forty Nebraska Husker video football videos before, just getting himself ready to go, man. <laughs> Yeah, gotta gotta get it juiced up for for Illinois. That one,
0: that's a big one. I'm glad I can I can say a few comments without him yelling back. He might be yelling through the radio or whatever he's hearing us on when this comes out. But uh I feel bad for your for your nephew. I don't know if I'd spend a five year old birthday party watching Nebraska football, but you know, that's that's for another All day. Right, we'll, right there. <laughs> we'll wait for Parks to chirp me back next week, probably when my team loses to uh dog shit Cincinnati team. All right, let's move into some recent news. Not a ton that's gone on in college football this week. The one thing I do want to uh, point out, we got to outline some injuries. Andre Anthony tears his ACL, I believe, for Oklahoma. He's probably seen as their number one guy uh, going forward after the biggest win of the year and a team that now has a legitimate college football playoff chance. Uh, It's still a pretty loaded receiver room. There's still three guys that I really like, but... They're definitely going to miss him down the stretch when you maybe have to go against the Georgia secondary or, or something if that opportunity comes about. But the second news is I actually heard this on a podcast, and I kind of wanted to relay it because I don't know if everybody knew this. I had no idea. But the NCAA officially banned photo shoots on unofficial visits. So you know like when those kids go to an, about that, no. an, official, or an unofficial visit and they got dad who's outsized
1: <laughs> in that Florida jersey. Have you seen that one? Yeah, like but like what are we doing is that, is that really that big of a deal on Like why are we worried about that? So that that was the
0: majority response and I was like kind of in the same boat, but they actually made a great point for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's an unofficial visit. So, I mean, I remember in high school dudes were getting Iowa State unofficial visits that let's yeah. be honest, they had no business being yeah. there. They yeah. photo shoots you know, back then, but now you're, you're inviting still a ton of kids who you're probably not that interested in. Uh, Maybe they're not that interested in you. And they had a guy on the podcast I was listening to who's kind of in that, that media sorts. And like, it takes like a good three or four hours to like, get this done, like getting the equipment, setting up the photo shoot, and then getting it to these kids who, Let's be honest. Some of these kids in these unofficial visits, number one, don't deserve to be there, and number two, that's the only reason they want to go there, so they can post it on their yeah. Twitter for five hours of labor for a five-second clip of the guy who probably is just going to end up at Division two anyways. So that's true, yeah. So I I just wanted to put that one out there. I, I I agree though. I kind of was like the NCAA. They don't want to have any fun. These schools are just trying to ban more fun. But I mean, obviously, official visits will have more, and they actually up yeah. the yeah. official visits for.
1: Uh, it was five, but I think you can take more official visits now. So good for you. They probably up that up to make sense. Yeah. You, I mean, I guess from a, from us like looking on the outside in, like us obviously being the non-D1 athletes that we are, we never <laughs> experienced going to a school and what a photo shoot would be like. So yeah, if you're actually one of those people who who sets it up, like the, the logistics of it, I'm sure is probably annoying for a guy who's like, yeah, this guy isn't coming here. Why is he getting, like, why are we taking pictures of him in this jersey? So
0: And another thing is like, it's actually like, it's, every school is doing it now. Like even our school, the NAI school, like Morningside, like they have kids who do it now and everybody yeah. does it on visits. And it's like, you know, you just kind of shake your head. Cause it's more of a publicity stunt for most teams. I get it. Like it would be cool. What I have
1: wanted my picture taken to wherever I took a visit on. Sure. <laughs> oh, if I'm going to the University of Iowa, you bet your ass I'm putting on a uniform you're taking a picture of me. And man, I'm not going three hours just for nothing. Come on, man. Yeah, you got to make do with your time there. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. And
0: not, I'm sure a lot of 95% of our listeners probably didn't know that. But not a ton of news. We do have a huge slate this week. We have to go through it. Um, arguably, I, w- I would say that this is, uh, there's a top I mean, there's five still... game of the year going into this yeah. year. Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely a top 10 matchup as of right now. I think a lot of people would say this one of these two, if not both, still will have a chance to make the Pac-12 title. Let's go to it right away. Let's go to Seattle. Oregon travels to Washington. Both are coming off of bye weeks. Uh, This is a massive game. And that 230 shot, I think either one of these teams could still make the college or college football playoff. I think one of these two teams could still make the Pac-12 title game with a loss just depending on how it stacks up we're going to do it differently for you guys this week me and Reese are going to take sides since it's just the two of us we're going to break it down from each perspective then we'll give an overall overall guess and we're going to see if we're still smart enough to predict these games so I'll start first looking at Oregon the biggest thing I I, I see in Oregon is can Bo Nix be efficient on the road he's been fantastic ever since he got to Eugene uh, but he's lacked a little bit on the road. I think I heard his record was like 18-6 and six on the road, and you're like, that's a lot of college football teams would still take that. But for Oregon standards, he has his limitations once he travels. This year, though, he's 15-1 and one in touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's completing 80% of his passes. Uh, the guy is most definitely a top-five Heisman candidate at this point, and we'll talk about the guy on the other side of the field when we get to that. But the biggest thing for me is the ground game – is what makes this offense click. They average over 225 rush yards a game. It, I think that makes Nick's job a lot easier. I've talked about Bucky Irving. I think he's a great back in this conference. The one thing that I want to see from this team is they have not seen a quarterback or a passing offense like they will see in Michael Penix in that loaded yep. receiver room from Washington. They played Texas yep. Tech this year. That's about the most similar look that you can get uh so far this year and they had three picks against tyler shuck who i thought was a very serviceable quarterback so my biggest thing is can the secondary create a couple of turnovers because i think yeah even one or two picks can really shift the momentum in this game and we'll see if they can get after Penix. both of these quarterbacks have only been sacked three times this year so which team can create havoc on defense the biggest thing for me reese what do you see out of washington that's going to help them win at home
1: yeah, I, I liked your idea before you talked about like, I don't think either team has really been tested that much. I mean, you mentioned Oregon, like with tech, but I don't think Washington really has that much of a struggle so far. I mean, the big thing for this game too, is they're coming off of a bye, which is huge. You get all that rest and you have that now, not looking that great against Arizona, but you have now your two weeks to figure out what you did wrong in that game. What can we do better? Arizona limited the possessions for Pennix, which if you give them the ball a bunch of times, they're going to score a bunch. So, I'm sure Oregon's looking at their, um, looking at that film and being like, what can we do similarly? But um, looking at two, it it's I mean, you're talking about Penix. He has a high. He's had Heisman like season. You have probably the arguably the top three Heisman quarterbacks all in the same conference, and two are about to play off this weekend. Um, and you only turned the ball over three times. That's huge for that offense because if they do get the opportunities to, they can't turn the ball over because Oregon is an offense that can capitalize on them, whether it's running, whether it's in the air. Bonex has been a pretty damn good quarterback um they're also 570 yards a game that's pretty insane
0: but they're going up against
1: this that's a lot of (laughs) yards if you can't count that's a lot it would take you a long time to count that high but this oregon defense is also the best they've seen they're the sixth total defense in the country so that's pretty impressive um this washington defense they've done fine they've done what they needed to do Penix can go out and just score a bunch of points you can get four or five stops a game and be fine when your offense is going to score 20, 30, 40 points a game like it'd be just fine, but they got to get a lot more stops this weekend if they want to try to win. Um, another thing for Washington is they're the 16th most penalized offense in the country. They've had 44 penalties so far, so they cannot be doing that at home. Um, and Great that defense work. also has forced eight interceptions and they, but they haven't got any fumbles yet. So, they can find ways to make Nick's uncomfortable, make him go to a second, third reads, maybe get a guy to hide somewhere in there. If they can get Nick's uncomfortable, not just go to his first guy. It's going to be open all the time. I think it's a great spot. The line, the line is what it is because they just, it's, it's the field goal. Them. The whole yeah. team is going to be favorite at, at a game. tough yeah, the, place to play. It's, it's a home team. It's a home team game, but um, my picks coming going to be coming later. Oh boy. Um, But I just, I just think it's a, yep. Stick <laughs> around with people. I'm going see you again, but it's probably the best game. I mean, if you're looking at this preseason, this is one game you have circled absolutely as one of the probably one of the top five games, maybe top ten games of the of the year. So this is like even the casual football fan, like
0: college football fan, I should say. You you got to be watching this game. This this game has serious implications. What one thing I see from Washington too that I need to see from them if they want to win is they got to take away something. They Oregon does a great job of running the ball and throwing the ball, um, and like you said, they they haven't turned the ball much over this year. So when I look at that, like take away something, either limit Knicks or yeah. hold them to under 120 rushing yards. When I look at this, I have to give a pick, even though I appreciate you keeping the listeners weight around here. <laughs> Both of these teams are, they've looked great. Like people want to say Washington looked vulnerable against Arizona. And I'd argue Arizona has been a great surprise this year with the injury of Jaden DeLore. Like Noah Fafita has looked awesome. Mm-hmm uh you saw it last week in in southern california like he almost came out with a win there uh if i had to side one way for me and what's worked for me this year is just banking on the home team i think that seattle yeah. that's a tough place to play uh i think that place will be rocking if if pennix can limit the turnovers which he's done fine this year i i don't see oregon really getting a ton of pressure on him and i i love that receiver room too much and i think at home that team's going to want to rely on the electrical electric plays like the 70 yard bombs and things like that. And I think the home yep. field will turn it for them. I have, that does not mean I think of Oregon any less, like I said, but if I had to go one way, like gun to my head, give me the home team. So I don't know what uh, yeah. Jordan and cam have done for all of these picks, by the way, just for future reference, but we are going to come out. I'm sure Jordan will put, put our graphic up with our total picks. If I decide with one, I don't want to speak for him. I bet, I bet Jordan's going Washington, and Park seems like an Oregon guy to me. I don't. I think. I think he. Uh, I don't know. I maybe think he's a Bonix guy. Dude. I think that's where I would split it. But either way, I oh, JP would definitely yeah. Be Washington. Yeah, because this, this was his his pick. JP is definitely pick
1: Washington. He's got to pick Washington. If he yeah.
0: doesn't, if he's switching, it's too late. This this is his pick. We're siding yep. JP with Washington. Yep. Let's go to the other two thirty slot. This isn't, I wouldn't say it's under the radar, but for casual fans, this is a very gem of a game in the SEC, the Texas A&M at Tennessee, uh, Texas A&M's coming off of a tough loss to take control of the SEC West. Uh, I think that was a huge opportunity for them, but I kind of do like them in this spot going on the road, kind of a, almost a get it back right game, uh, but They have their task up for them because they're going to one of the toughest places to play in college football in Knoxville. When I look at Tennessee, when you think of a Josh Heupel offense, you think of Joe Milton, if you don't watch this team, you probably assume they're trying to throw for 500 yards a game, kind of like what people used to assume with Lane Kiffin in Ole Miss. But that's really not the case. If Tennessee wants to win this game, they got to run the ball and they got to continue to run the ball. They have their work cut out for them. This Texas A&M defensive line, I highlighted Edric Cooper last week. They get after the quarterback, and they stop the run really well. They held Alabama to 29 yards last week. Somehow they, they yep. lost because of that, which is crazy. But Tennessee, you can't get held to 29 yards and expect to win the game. I don't believe Joe Milton's good enough to win you that football game if you can't get the run game going. So that's the biggest thing I, I want to see. Jalen Wright was held to 63 yards against Florida. And and look how that game turned out. So when they keep their top back from getting the ground game going, it kind of stirs into being a disaster when you ask Milro to do a ton. He's got to limit the turnovers. Um last week he still had two picks against South Carolina. Didn't completely cost them the game, but I want to see more consistency from him as well when he's asked to throw the ball. That's the biggest thing I, I have to see when I when I look at this Tennessee offense.
1: Yeah, I think you're, everything you're saying is correct. I mean, you're looking at Milton, and I think a lot of—I still have that Florida game kind of in my head, too. Like, when I was looking at this, I'm like, A&M is a very physical, very dominant team, and I mean, with how they were with Alabama last week, I mean, was tough up front, but also A&M only ran the ball for 67 yards on, 37, on 35 attempts. Like, that's not very good, and if you're going to be going up against this um, Tennessee team, which they don't have the most stout defense, or the most— Stout defensive line. Um, they still were kind of iffy against that Florida team because that Florida team, they're big up front. And they were able to push them around. Like ETN had himself a day against that. And I mean, Knoxville, yeah, you mentioned a very hard place to play. But I I think this is just a very beatable Tennessee team. I don't think they throw a whole lot at you that you're just not going to be prepared for. Um AM just just came off that game against Alabama. Obviously, it and with this game being on the road, I think it's just gonna take our toll on this team. Like it's just kind of a. Like a mental warfare kind of type thing, because you are losing that game at home. Which I mean, that would that could have made your season. That could have put you upset up for the West. Um, but now traveling over to the East, what's that offense going to be like? Mac Johnson again, he's been phenomenal. He's been fine. He's been very serviceable. Well, do do what he can do. It's just what can that offense do to make Milton and that back not very successful and find a way to make them not be able to run and throw the ball. They want to try to make them one dimensional. What can we do? to make that happen and force them to make turnovers, give Mac Johnson opportunities to score the ball. Um, a big thing too is what can they do if Tennessee does have good drives? This uh this m defense has to be better at not allowing uh, them to get in the end zone when it gets to be the red zone. If they can force field mm-hmm. goals, then they have a much better shot at going on the road and making this thing happen. But if they're going to give up touchdowns every time they're in the red zone, it's going to be a very, very tough game for them to win. I yeah, think.
0: I, I look at the two quarterbacks, and I think that Tennessee also got a blueprint last week when you watched Alabama against a and um, I think Johnson's been been good, uh, but they kind of made him go one-on-one with Jalen Milrow, and I talked about it in our recap. I just think Jalen Milrow made better plays with his arm down the field, uh, and, and that ended up being yeah. the deciding factor in that football game. Uh, when I see that, though— I think that's an opportunity for Milro to go down the field. Like what did Milrow have? Like a he had a I don't know, a seventy yard throw against that AM defense in the game. I think this is an opportunity for Joe Milton. I think I said Milrow twice. This is an opportunity for Joe Milton to take advantage of that when he can, like I said, after they open up the run game. But if I had to pick another team in this one, where's the line at? I think the line was at three again. Was this another
1: I see three and a half. I see Another three and a half. three and a half
0: game. This feels like a slight lean towards the home team again coming off of a, a loss for AM. I I can't pick one side. If we had a neutral site for this one, I'd toss it up. I have no idea. But this one again, I can't I'm just banking yeah. on home team. Like I think A and M is is good. Uh I think they're coming off a tough loss. I think Tennessee kind of saw the blueprint for them to take care of this game. Uh, I think A&M's defensive line is going to give Tennessee problems. I don't think Tennessee's offensive line has seen a defensive line like this uh, all year. But give me Tennessee at home. I think that they can take advantage of this team coming off of that loss. Reese, who do you got?
1: I got I to gotta look at the uh, college football account that Parksy has. Because if, if Tennessee's wearing the All Blacks, give me Tennessee all day. But... Um, I'm actually going to lean with the road team in this one. I just think, yeah, it's going to be hard going on the road for this, but I think A&M's gonna a is going to be team that's a little more battle tested. Um, I mean, yeah, they didn't play very well against Miami on the road. Um, in that last week loss against against Alabama at home, but I think this is a game where they know they cannot lose it. They want a shot to do something. They cannot have a second loss. Um, in the SEC, if they want to have a shot to win the West at the end, because right now it's still, I really believe it's still them and mm-hmm. Alabama. Because I don't think. Um, that LSU team is going to be able to do a whole lot with that defense looking as atrocious as it is. So give me A&M on the road um, to cover and to yeah, win. Yeah, so. that's that's a great
0: point. And when I look at this too on the coaching side, I think Jimbo needs this game a lot more than Heupel. Like Heupel's kind yeah. of secure after his awesome year last year. I think they're on good track this year. But this would put Jimbo at three losses. I think they've played, they would play now seven games. This would put him at four and three. And this is an A and M fan yeah. base that has college football playoff expectations every year. They're coming off missing a bowl game last year. They need this one. They need this one bad. And Jimbo, and, and we'll see if the wheels fall off the wagon if they can't get it done in Knoxville. Let's go to a, a personal favorite on this podcast. It's not a personal favorite offensively for me, but we have Iowa at Wisconsin. Uh, I, I wish so JP was here to break this down for him cuz I would argue that this is Iowa's biggest game of the year go with with the rest that's at the table like this is this is the West yep. Championship right here I I don't think actually JP would argue that with me at all um and it's just too bad Iowa has to go on the because it seems like they can never get Wisconsin at home in in this situation when they need something like this when I'm looking at Wisconsin I mean it's this one's plain and simple if if you've watched Iowa all year they don't present much to the table just limit the run game like Caleb Johnson came back. I think it was last week and and rushed for, I want to say a hundred plus yards. He might've even gotten over 150. Uh, He was a great success of what helped Deacon Hill go along with his, his first start as the quarterback for Iowa. He had six completions last week. He was six to 21. Now,
1: yeah, that's not, that's not good, man. I don't want to say, J- and JP
0: would say it wasn't all of his fault. I mean, receivers can't catch balls. I'd also argue, well, the receivers aren't used to catching the football. So I'm not, I'm not taking sides either way, but at some point you got to help the guy out. Six to 21 is six to 21. I don't, I don't care who you are. At some point it's got to put on your shoulders. He's going against his former team, former Wisconsin transfer. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him to go into, into Madison and try to light the world on fire with the quote unquote gunslinger that he is. I, I I don't, I don't see it. We'll, we'll see. Maybe last week he just needed to get something under his belt, but we got to see more from him. He's got to be more efficient. Like just complete the short routes for God's sakes. Keep the offense on the field. And the last one, I want to make a point for Wisconsin. Like we haven't mentioned his name probably all year, just because Wisconsin hasn't played in many big games, but let's not forget about Braylon Allen. Like, Let's make that clear. Like this guy was coming off of his freshman year. People saw him as probably a top three back in college football. I'd probably argue that he still is. He's probably a top five back at the least. This guy has been helping Tanner Mordecai out all year that people think of Wisconsin and, and fickle. This is an air raid team. Not really. Um, and that Iowa secondary is really good. Like we already know what DeGene and company is going to bring. So Braylon Allen's going to have to stay consistent. He's going to have to be the workhorse that he's always been all year. If they want to open it up once the fourth quarter comes around and things start to open up for Mordecai, that's what I see at Wisconsin. I think the blueprint's pretty easy for them. But Reese, explain to me how Iowa is going to win this game
1: because <laughs> I don't see it at all. I, I, I just, I mean, they just got to eat the clock. Like they got, they got to find a way for that offense to be efficient for the first time all year. They can't give Wisconsin multiple chances because, as phenomenal as Iowa's defense is. At some point, you're gonna break. Like you're gonna, you can bend and bend, but you're gonna break. And at some point, if you're giving up two touchdowns and a couple field goals, like that offense just really hasn't been able to keep up with that. So it's just what is what can that offense do to eat up the clock, get the run game going, complete some short passes, let Hill get some early completions to it make himself little more confident, like going on the road. Yeah, just just get him settled. Like it's a big. In, I mean, granted, You're going to Madison. It's not like you're going to Tuscaloosa or whatever. Like, it's still going hey, to Madison. Jump, you still got to jump it's still, it's still a tough place to play. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's still, it's still a tough place to play. Like, let's get them settled. Um, but, again, it's it's Wisconsin's game to lose. I mean, with the injuries that Iowa's had, um, with what, kind of how they look, they they just continue to just not look great every week on offense, but they just keep, continue to win a game. So, like, if Iowa wins this game, even with the spread as big as it is, if Iowa wins this game, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised just because Iowa somehow keeps finding ways to win a ballgame. Even if it's thirteen to ten or something like that, like it'll be, it's not going to be a high score or whatever. It's just going to be an ugly Big Ten West football game that's going to be a lot of defense and a lot of punting. But like again, Iowa's got to eat up that clock. They cannot turn the ball over because if they're going to turn the ball over and make that defense work overtime, I just don't think that defense is going to be able to keep bending. They're going to break at some point. And if they're giving up, if they give it more than two touchdowns, I just don't see them winning this ball game because I just don't know if Iowa can score as much as they no, want to. And let me make that clear, like I. I could, this
0: is what Kirk Ferentz does. Like he he there's a reason he's been around for god 20 plus years. He wins games. Like he doesn't yep. make them pretty, but he wins football games. So if Iowa goes in there and and somehow wins this game, am I going to be surprised? No. I would be surprised if the score was yeah. like 31 to 20. I'd probably shit my pants, but other yep. than that, if, yep. th- yeah, if they come in there and they win 10 to 7, no surprise at all. The biggest thing for me when I look at Iowa is, like you said, stay on the field. I mean, we look at back at that Penn State game. I think they were like, what, 14 on third downs? Like, just some insane stat. Like, if you can't even a stat, and what was it? I think they had five first downs. and I might be murdering these stats. I don't have them pulled up, but it was, I don't feel like I'm far off.
1: They're bad. You can make it up. They were bad. They were bad. You can make it up whatever you want. JP would be like, yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. So they were bad. They were, were bad that game. And they didn't have William uh they didn't have Williams in that game. They have him back now.
0: He's gonna help out a ton. Eric all's gonna have to be big. He caught five or six passes last week. He's kind of taken the workload from Lachey since he got hurt. They're gonna have to get him going too. So yeah, it, it's plain and simple. Stay on the field. Like it doesn't take much for your kicker to get in field goal range. He's Iowa always has great kickers that can make it from 40, 50 yards. Mm -hmm. Do what you do. If you can at least put – if you look at the first half and I see Iowa put up maybe, honestly, three field goals. If they give me nine points, I think that's enough for the defense to go into the second half thinking, all right, we can win this game. Like, let's get something on special teams. Let's get a pick six. Let's do what we do. This is how, this is what Kirk Ferentz says. This is how they win games. It doesn't just magically happen. He says that they set it up for this to happen. So if you're Iowa, you got to get some sort of points on the board. My goal for you is go get nine by half. Go get three field goals. That's that's how you got to win this football game. Give, give the defense a little bit of hope. But that being said, there's no way in hell I'm taking Iowa. <laughs> give, me, give me Wisconsin to win. <laughs> give me Wisconsin to cover. I mean, I went back. Ooh. I had to go back and watch the uh, the Iowa highlights just to make this bet. Um, and oh my god, like Deacon Hill is as as bad as as it gets. And this is Bro.
1: Bro is a unit <laughs> man. He's DJU, but he don't look or throw like. Maybe him. they should just run quarterback sneak with him three straight like plays
0: him. and see if they can get through thirty oh, yards a carry. This is what Iowa does, though. Like like I said, if it was in Kinnick. I would love Iowa in this spot, love them to win ugly, but huge games, uh, like conference title implications on the line, on the road, especially against Wisconsin, a team that's actually had Kirk Ferentz's number for quite some time, which is very rare. I don't see it. I got it at nine and a half when I put it in. I haven't been giving my picks away as far as betting wise all week or all year. There you go, JP. If you want to fade me, take your own damn team, but I know you don't have the balls to. Give me Wisconsin. Give me the nine and a half of which I got it. I think it's not even going to be a sweat for me this week.
1: Say if it's nine and a half, I, I think I think Wisconsin can cover that. But if it's 10, man, I don't know. I think it's just hard to go against a team with that solid of a defense. It's just hard to bet on that team because that offense, like if they get the ball, you're just like, dude, are we going to score? Are we going to get past the 50? Like what are we going to do this time? So uh, give me give me Wisconsin a win, but give give me Iowa to cover.
0: If you're – if you're an Iowa, and I, I want to speak on this just because we a, we're a neutral party. Well, I, I might be a little biased, but you're neutral. If I'm you're an neutral. Iowa I'm fan, party. is there a part of you that's okay with losing this football game and getting out of the Big Ten championship and winning the West just so you don't have to play? No. I mean, they, they played arguably the third best team in the East and wasn't even a cl- game from the second it started. So if you're Iowa, are, is there a little bit deep down inside of you uh, that makes you a little happy
1: if if you lose this game and avoid the championship? Bro, if they get if they would get Michigan in that title game, that that could be Mich- that spread. That spread could be. You think it could be three scores? Oh my Probably. god, it could be least. three scores for sure. At least you think you think it could be three
0: touchdowns or three scores. It would be twenty one points at least. I mean, just what so they've done.
1: Twenty one. I, mean, I was just going to be like seventeen or like twenty one. I, I don't
0: think. That. Iowa is head and shoulders above Minnesota, or even they're very similar to Nebraska now, I think Iowa's a little bit better, yeah. but Nebraska's got a solid defense and a pretty bad offense exactly like Iowa, and Nebraska didn't score a point, or did they get a garbage touchdown it It doesn't matter, and Michigan <laughs> for the first half got anything they wanted offensively, just running the ball over and over yeah. and over again. if they saw Michigan who which I haven't said it, but Michigan is easily my number two team in the country. I said last week here on the recap, I love Georgia. Michigan's the only team I'd be like, all right, that's a team that could probably physically match up with Georgia pretty well. It, it wouldn't be close. If it's twenty one, yeah. I'm still yeah. taking Michigan easily. Yeah,
1: yeah that's that's yeah. You You would rather take that bet than take lose Iowa. this game. Yeah, your, your money, you'd rather lose watch this, this game.
0: Play. Yeah, you you miss the championship. You can still win ten. You still go ten and two, Jordan. You're ten and two. And maybe you send Kirk out by beating Kentucky again in the third straight Citrus Bowl. Like send him out on a high note. I, I love how I can say this and I'm not getting any flack for it.
1: JB's <laughs> hey, J- 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 like, all right, guys. I'm sorry. Going I'm, I'm done.
0: Christ. I'm done taking shots at both their teams. I, I know I'll, I'll hear it next week. It's fine. Anyways. So did you say, did you say Wisconsin to win? Did you take,
1: Wisconsin to win. Okay. I
0: would. have I would have covered. All right. I hope so. It'd be, it'd be a close game. It'd be a close game, and this is a this is still an awesome matchup on Saturday afternoon. I'm. I'm also. I'm also having them cover. Like when I saw. I saw. A okay. 10.
1: I saw a ten. I didn't see nine and a half. Perfect. I've met ten. All right. So. Nobody Let's did you go think. to
0: another huge game. Prime time. This team cannot catch a break with its schedule, and I think I haven't taken a look. I think this is kind of on the last leg of that four game stretch. Nonetheless, they're going to be in the spotlight again. How can they respond? Notre Dame is hosting USC. This is personally, this is probably a top five game, maybe top 10 now that both teams, what I saw last week from both teams, top 10 game for me to watch this year. Uh, When I watched last year, Caleb Williams was fantastic. I think that was the game. Everybody kind of knew who Caleb Williams was, but that was a game, if you remember, at the end of the year on primetime, that was when everybody like saw Caleb Williams. He gave the Heisman pose. That was when he sealed it, and everybody now, everybody in the country knew that's who Caleb Williams.
1: That was coming so, up Yeah, it's yeah.
0: going to be awesome to see how Notre Dame responds. They finally get a team at home. Uh, that crowd is going to be absolutely on fire. I wish they were doing the green out for this game, but dropkick Murphy's <laughs> going to go hard. When I look at Notre Dame, other than just like figure it out offensively, it's it's a little more complicated than that. You got to get the the run game going again. And it starts with the line of scrimmage. Last week, you rushed for 60 total yards on Louisville. Me and JP talked about this through text exchange. It's just like we were surprised how physically dominated Notre Dame was at both line of scrimmages compared to Louisville. Like we didn't see – we thought Louisville was this kind of air raid-ish team with Brom and uh, Plummer, and they weren't going to physically match up with Notre Dame. No, they dominate. Like Joe Alt is a top-10 pick. I saw that guy get put on his ass at least three times. That was something I did not see coming. So how can they respond? They're going to be okay. Like this isn't another, or a USC defensive line that's been throwing teams around. If there's a time to bounce back, it's right now. If there's a time to bounce back and yep. feel good, it's right now. Absolutely. And So you got to get SMA going. You got to get your other backs going. 150 yards on the ground game gives you a much better chance to win this football game and I talked about the defense or the offensive line like that's a big factor of why Hartman threw three picks last week last week like yeah I talked about it before he's really good I don't know how much of an NFL guy he is like he can't just do things on his own but you got to protect him and when you can protect Mm -hmm. him and you can get him in spots like he's really really good at at the collegiate level so give him some space give him some time and I think Hartman's gonna get the job done for you if you can run the football and that'll open it up for him in the secondary defensively, like I talked about, they got d- dominated on the defensive line a little bit with running the football. But other than that, I thought Notre Dame's defense has been steady all year. They got torched last year against Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams ran all over the field on them. They got like Marshawn Lloyd, the S- South Carolina transfer. They have a back. So now they got to worry about two guys running all over the field. How can they slow them down? Maybe turn them over early, get that first quarter pick, get that first quarter fumble kind of get this crowd in the game, stay on the field offensively. You got to get after Caleb Williams. He's going to be great. He's the number one prospect we've seen in the last decade for a reason. He's going to get his, but what I mean, slow him down. I don't know. I think 30 points, like limit USC to 30 points. I don't think that's out of the question. And I think if you can do that, I think Notre Dame can have a chance if the offense can, keep it slack up. So what do you see out of USC Reese? That's going to give them a chance on the road.
1: Um, I, It's like I mentioned before, when we talked about if USC can find a way to limit Notre Dame's efficiency in the red zone and not give up touchdowns because Kayla Williams can go and score touchdowns. He's just, he's fantastic, man. He can, he's got weapons. He can do that stuff. He's got Lincoln Riley. They can find a way to go score touchdowns. They can find a way to put points on the board. So what can Notre Dame do to when USC actually gets in that red zone, they have a chance to score? What can they do to actually limit them to not let like not let them get in the end zone? Um, Like you mentioned before, man, it's it's Hartman and Estime are kind of going to be looking at that defense of USC's and just licking their chops. Like USC gave up two hundred three yards on the ground and they gave up three hundred three in the air against Arizona. Like that defense is not what it needs to be. They got to find a way to get some sort of spark going on the road. I mean, if you can't get fired up to play. Um, at touchdown, Jesus with dropkick Murphy's going on. Yeah, you're the road team, but like that is probably one of the cooler environments to play in college football, and it's it's history of college football. It's USC, at Dame. Um, so Caleb Williams has got to continue to be himself. He just can't turn the ball over, can't take sacks, and the guy when he's in the pocket, he's he's magical, man. Like the guy can hit the B button, hit a juke move, and do whatever to avoid a sack. The guy is just ridiculous. The guy is ridiculous. Just mash the buttons and figure out what it's gonna be, but. I was thinking, like looking at this game too. It's like which team has more to mm-hmm. lose going into this. And I think Notre Dame has more to lose because they already have that they have that loss last week. And if they lose another game, especially even if it like they can't lose again if they want to try to make the college football playoff, like they cannot have two losses, especially not being in a conference. This USC team, if they lose this game, that's a that's a pretty decent loss. You're on the road to a Notre Dame team who is pretty who is pretty solid. But they get they can't lose the rest of the way. I, I think Notre Dame has the has the most to lose here. But I still think you can't. It's hard to bet against Caleb Williams, man, because he is just so ridiculously good. But then that defense is so bad. Like it's it's a weird spot to be. Um, I'll let no, I'll let you no. give your pick first, because I want to talk about to that
0: for a minute. That's that's an interesting point. Like you said, Notre Dame has more to lose. Uh, for me, I think I'm willing to w- wave the white flag. I think they're out. They're out of the playoff. I don't think you can – you can't lose that Louisville game for me um, and have two losses on the schedule. I think USC's got a ton to play for in this game. Like They haven't seen – this is their first test of a gauntlet of six-game stretch that they have going for the rest of the year. Now, can they lose this football game and still make the playoff? Absolutely. I think if they run the table and go undefeated in in the Pac-12, that means they would beat Oregon. I think they play Washington too. So if that means they beat those two teams and lose on the road to Notre Dame. Sure. Yeah. I can make a case for them getting into the college football playoff, but if they do fall in this game, how do they do it? Does the defense finally look, I mean, serviceable to be a college football playoff team. Like Mm -hmm. if you get gashed by this Notre Dame team that struggled to put points in the last three weeks, like it's going to tell you something like this. If you can't, hold Notre Dame's offense. What are you going to do when you play Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, like Oregon, like Oregon will run it all over you. They'll rush for 400 yards. So that's, that's, this is a huge, huge spot for USC. They have a ton to prove. I think it's interesting though, because I do think Notre Dame is in quote unquote, like wounded animal mode. This is Josh Pate saying it's when a team is, it's exactly. got basically got nothing, lo- lo- nothing to lose. They're coming off a couple of losses. This team is desperate. They're at home. USC has got a ton to prove. I just hate that spot for USC. With that being said, give yeah. me the home team again, but I'm not banking on because it's the home team. Now, I think, I think Notre Dame is good enough to go on the road and win in LA, but this helps it even more. I think mm-hmm. it's a good matchup for them. Uh, offensively, it's to finally get it right. I I, I mean, USC can't stop Colorado. They can't stop Arizona. Yeah, I just don't see it. But it's got to start with Estime. Like, if you have to in your first two possessions, not throw a single pass. Like, give Estime the ball 20 times in the first quarter, for God's sakes. Establish that you're the physical team. That's what I want to see from Notre Dame. I'm going to take the Irish. Call me biased. I don't care. Cover the two and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm probably gonna look dumb taking them again, but give me give me Notre Dame at home. Um, I just think that that defense at USC is gonna is gonna do enough to stop SMA. and I think they'll be fine um, blocking for Harbin, letting him get his reads. I just USC is gonna put up a lot of points, but I think Notre Dame will be a, to be able to find a way to hopefully limit them um, when it does when they do get in the red zone. I, but I didn't give me Notre Dame.
0: In, in going into the beginning of this year, I I knew they had an interesting schedule, but I really didn't anticipate us
1: talking about Notre Dame like every single week. I'm like, I didn't I really like that. That was a team that I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. I'm like, Oh, they got Sam Hartman. They'll be good. But like, then they came out and looked as good as they did. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, they're pretty, they, pretty. They, I mean, they deserve, it. we're talking no, about ab- because they absolutely. Deserve it. Absolutely. And they, I mean, the Ohio state game was awesome. Their win against Duke, I thought
0: springboarded them into, I thought yep. there was no way they could lose against Louisville last week. Just getting through that, that win yeah. uh, against Duke. I thought there was no chance, but here they are. I think this is still a chance for the team to win 10 games. I think this team can easily beat USC at home. I think this team can go on the road and compete with Clemson. Uh, those are really the two opportunities I think down the stretch that are going to be tough for this football team, but it's a wait and see. I think there's a lot for this team to still play for going for the rest of the year. Let's go to another primetime game. We have another 6:30 kick, Miami at North Carolina. If you want to talk about like wounded animal mode, I think you want to talk about you have a team or a person that's like standing on train tracks and you got to make a decision because if you don't move quickly, you are going to get absolutely splattered. You are looking at a team in Miami. We talked about it on the recap. Reese, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it just because it's the talk of college football this week. Mario Cristobal <laughs> is now this stat. He's 0-5 at home against ACC teams. It could have been 1-4. All you had to do was kneel to football. Lucky for him, he doesn't have to play in uh, what is it, Hard Rock Stadium this week? Yeah, he gets to go on the road. Yep. This team's as desperate of a football team as I've ever seen. I mean, first of all, before I talk about Miami, like, what'd you think of? Did you did you see it? I'm assuming you didn't see it live. I didn't either, but
1: yeah, yeah, I saw it. Not yeah, no, I didn't see it live. I saw the thing. shout out Twitter. I saw it on there, but. I mean, yeah, hindsight's 50 50. I mean, you should, hindsight <laughs> 20 20, whatever the, the hell the saying is. It's 20 20, not 50 50 whatever the fuck. Hindsight's 20 20, you should know. But, like, yeah, it's a tough call. You should know that you're a coach. Take the freaking knee. And, like, but I mean, also, like, you're the running back. Like, how two. are you Didn't fumbling the football? That, with that, that Nebraska
0: sport? game we talked about a couple weeks ago. Two, two on the football.
1: How are we not just, like, yeah, two hands through the middle, go gain a yard. Why are you trying to gain six? Like, you don't need to do that, man. Like, in his head, too, he should just have a self-awareness. Of like, hey, coaches, they're not they're not perfect human beings. They're they're incapable of being perfect, too. Like, maybe I should just go gain a yard and fall down. Like, I'm not putting it on the kid. I'm not putting it on Van Dyke. I it's If it's on Chris Ball, it's on Chris Ball. Like, you should know how that situation. But at the same time, man, like, the odds of that happening are so low. Yes, yep. it did actually happen. But it's just tough, man. Like, There's so many things you could have done to avoid it. But at the same time, like, just go down, dude. Like, And it looked like he was down, too, yep. in some of the videos I saw. like he, he looked like he was down, too, which oh. makes it more interesting. But at the same time, how, how, the, how the how does your defense um, give up that Se- many yards? 75 in yards. Time I don't know if it, it had to have been in shock.
0: Because, honestly, the defense has been playing well. And they were playing well up to that point. They had Georgia Tech limited, uh, I think it was 16 points at that point. I think a lot of it was shock. Um and and Georgia Tech, good for them. They capitalized, but yeah. But going off of that, I think I like Miami now more because of that situation. Like, you want to talk about a team that has nothing to lose, Mario Cristobal? You kind of have something to lose, but like this is a North Carolina team who's probably been don't quote me on it, but they've been playing almost better than Florida State so far. Like, this is a really good football team. They just absolutely. Sorry, Reese. They smacked your orange last week. They absolutely
1: they smacked. They did. It was, wasn't a question. It's like twenty. So you got and a half. this
0: team who's playing probably like the best ACC team in the country. Uh, you win this football game. You win it handily. People are talking about you being the number one team in this conference. But on the other side, Miami, how are you going to respond? Cristobal, I think this team is still locked in. I think Cristobal still got his guys right. This is a team that should easily be 5-0, and oh, and I think they know that. Like. I don't think this loss is going to define in their head that they're a bad team. Granted, you were 20-point favorites. You should have been taking care of them a long time ago, but this is still a team that should be undefeated. They've looked really good. We saw what they did against Texas A&M, which even Alabama couldn't really have the success through the air like they did against them last week. So this team, they're very capable of going on the road, but how are you going to do it? Tyler Van Dyke, you cannot throw three picks like you did last week, especially on the road. You cannot throw three picks. This is a defense in North Carolina that's been better. Now, I don't want to say that they're great by any means, but they've been better than last year's results. I think this is a still an opportunity for TVD to light it up through the air. There's going to be chances for him to find guys. Find a consistent running game. You have Henry Parrish. You have Donald Chaney. Both these guys have rat, rushed for multiple 100-yard games this season. Find one or the other. I kind of talked about it with like Kansas State. These two guys are very capable of getting their yards. We don't need both of them. Just one of these guys. Get them established and stick with them. Get Van Dyke comfortable. Keep the ball out of his hands. Don't put it in his hands a ton because we got to limit them turnovers. Yep. And the last thing that concerns me a little bit is you saw what Haynes King did last week through the air against Miami. We saw what Connor Wigman did. Both of those teams should have lost to this Miami team, but nonetheless, their quarterbacks had success now, it's Drake May's turn. That's my concern. This is a guy who if Caleb Williams wasn't as special as he is, this is easily your number 1 pick next
1: year. Yeah, like this is, yeah, like, this is an week. easy
0: number 1 pick for any other draft next year. So, how are you going to respond? How are you going to handle Drake May? For me, honestly, I think just take care of one side of the other. Like if you hold them to to 30 rushing yards, Tell him to go, tell Drake May to go out there, be special. Tell him to go throw 450 yards on you. He can do it. He can definitely do it. But make him do it all on his own, basically, is what I'm saying. So that's that's what I got laid out for Miami. I think they have a chance. The line is where it is for a reason. But talk about North Carolina Reese because we haven't talked about him enough this year.
1: Yeah, Drake May, man, the guy, the guy could be number one pick. Like you just mentioned, if it wasn't for Kayla Williams, the guy is freaking phenomenal. He's got the receivers to do it. Tez Walker back. I mean, he was back last week, but still got another guy to add to the repertoire. Um, and I think looking at this defense too for for North Carolina, that Miami defense has given up a 210 yards in the air per game. And if that doesn't excite Drake May, I don't know what what will. Because I think he's gonna ha- he's gonna be just fine. He'll find holes. That offense will be able to figure it out. They'll get that schemes. Macron will get him ready to go. And I think also is um, what are they going to be able to do, not just scoring because they're, they're going to be able to score, I feel, but it's not scoring too quickly and keeping that ball out of Van Dyke's hands too because I think the game plan for Miami is going to be what can they do to eat the clock and not let Drake May get so many possessions because if he gets so many possessions, same I day before when I talked about Iowa, um, You can't. your defense is going to be able to bend, but it's, yep. it's going to break at some point. So keeping, them out of, May, keeping the ball out of Drake May's hands is going to be big for that Miami team. But what can North Carolina do to be efficient, um, especially with Drake May because the guy can run mm-hmm. and throw it. He's not he's not just one type of guy. Guy can do it all. Um, so it's also has Chizik actually kind of got that defense figured I give out. Give him like, all the is it Actually, kind
0: of. They're a little more veteran this year, but a little more seasoned.
1: I think yeah, because I mean that that was that was a big question mark going into this year, and so far they've. They've proved that they've improved from last year, which I mean they were absolutely horrible last year. You guys were like, can they get worse? Turns out they Got didn't. Me. Um They forced they they first they forced eight turnovers and this Miami team has turned over, the, turned over the ball eight times. So what can they do to make Tyler Van Dyke uncomfortable as well? Because um, like you mentioned before too, Shafe, but like I, this is kind of something I had written down too. If North Carolina wins this game, I think they should be the mm-hmm. favorite to win the ACC because of that defense, is how that defense has improved, and you still have Drake May as your quarterback. Like I think this team overall has greatly improved from what they were last season. And I think if they can go in and win this game, if they're at home. I think the spread is fine. I think they can win by more than four um, yep. because I see it at three and a half right now. I think if they can win this game by at least a touchdown, if not more, like how they win this, I think they should be the favorite. No, to win absolutely. The ACC. I, I agree. But I still want
0: to give Florida State their credit because they've earned it to this far but they have looked vulnerable um in the last few weeks that's that's a great point yep. looking at who to pick here i've stuck with every home team so far i'm believe <laughs> so am i going to keep the train rolling the problem with this is this is a typical like mac brown spot like he has blown this game it is time at north carolina time and time again that's the only thing that concerns me mm. but mm. uh mario cristobal he, he's He's got a good coaching matchup because I don't think Mario Cristobal is the best game manager you can find. If he was going against anybody else, I think this would be a trap spot, but I like the steam that's rolling with North Carolina. I'm going to keep it going here with the little amount of points at home. Give me the
1: Tar Heels. Yep, I agree. Give me give me the Tar Heels. It, it does kind of scare me where I talked about like last week how it was kind of the Georgia-Kentucky scenario where... Like right now, everybody's high on North Carolina because they've looked phenomenal. They haven't had anything, had any downfalls. And now Miami's coming off a very disappointing loss last week. So everybody's down on Miami, everybody's up on North Carolina. So that's the thing that kind of scares me about it. But I still like the Tar Heels at home in this All right, spot. let's go to our last one. UCLA at Oregon State. Don't quote me
0: on it. I think it's another six thirty game, but we might have a Pac-12 after dark situation. A top 25 matchup nonetheless. These are two teams who play very similar. Uh, We talked about a couple of weeks ago, like Oregon state and Washington state, Washington state and UCLA. Like those are two like opposite matches matchups. This is like two Rams colliding into each other with how physical this football game is going to be and how much they rely on the run game. That's what's super interesting about this team. I'm high on both of these teams. I think these two teams don't get talked about enough. I think these two teams are again, they're going to get overshadowed because you have Oregon and Washington this week. You have USC playing Notre Dame. These two teams just keep sliding under the radar. And we're going to find out one of these two teams comes out in November. And it's like, holy shit, Oregon State only has one conference loss. UCLA only has one conference loss. They have a chance to get to the Pac-12 title. How did that happen? You got to pay attention to this game. That's what's going to happen. This is a huge one for both teams. It really comes down to, as far as note-taking and like sides, I'll cover UCLA a bit, but it's pretty similar on – on both sides, because the way they're going to win is very similar. Own the time of possession, like Carson Steele. You got your 140 yards last week. This Oregon State team kind of looked a little vulnerable last week on defense. They they gave up they yeah, gave up a lot of they yards. Did. They gave up 43 points to Cal. This is an opportunity for Carson Steele to rush all over the field, and then that's going to get Dante Moore rolling as he goes. He's had a couple of bad picks last week. Um, But to trust the freshman quarterback to throw for you 44 times in that prime spot last week, I thought that says a lot about what Chip Kelly believes in him. So I think I've talked highly on the kid. I think he's capable of doing great things. But another prime time spot, can he just not have those two mistakes? Because that can end up costing when possessions are lower and run game styles. Like, picks are going to cost you in this game. Can you not turn the ball over? This is the best defense in the Pac-12. I think I might say it. I already did. So quote me on that. UCLA, I think, is the best, at least, defensive line in the Pac-12. Latu, 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 and like I might have murdered that, but defensive lineman of the week last week for the Pac-12, he's leading the charge for this defensive line that's been really stout all year. Um, They only gave up seven points to Utah because Moore threw a pick six. They've held a bunch of teams to low scores all year. This defense, I think, is going to have Great success. This defensive line is going to limit Martinez. Like, that's what I kind of see in this game. Uh, they, they're they going on the road to Corvallis, which is, I think, an underrated play, place to play in college football. But race, talk about Oregon State. Talk about my helmet sticker from last week. I don't know if you heard. DJ Uyangale had five oh, touchdowns I heard last it. week. So I heard let it.
1: the people know what's going to happen with Oregon State this week. Say the big thing is – UCLA only giving up 12 yards on 19 attempts last week, rushing-wise. So how good is that defense actually going to be? Because now you're going up against Martinez, who is arguably one of the best running backs, if not the mm-hmm. best running back in the Pac-12. Um, so what can, they do to, what can they do to get him going? How can that offensive line establish what they're going to be doing and go against that aggressive defensive line you're talking about from UCLA, maybe the best of the conference? Um, they both have very, very good defenses. Um, UCLA, like you just mentioned, they found their guy, Danton Lynn. Um, coming from the Ravens, the guy's been a stud. They have the fifth-hole defense in the conference. So what is Oregon State going to be able to do to not let them be so successful, get DJU uncomfortable? How can DJU get the ball, get rid of it quickly, not have to have it for so long? Because, again, he's a big guy. He can't be as agile as he would like to be. He's a bigger dude, harder to take down. But what can that guy do to get rid of the ball quickly and let him do to get Martinez the ball, eat up that clock, not let UCLA get chances to multiple chances to score the ball, they cannot fumble, they cannot turn the ball over at home. Um and it's also like what is what are they gonna be able to do mm-hmm. if they can't run the ball? Like how is DJ yep. gonna be able to adapt? They they can they can throw the ball they they can throw about two hundred they have about I think it's two hundred and forty yards per game in the air. So what's gonna happen if they if they become one dimensional because I haven't know if DJU looking at home this year, if they can depend on him to make play after play after play, especially against this good defense. So what is he going to do if that happens? I still think Martinez will be able to run the ball just fine, but again, it's how is DJ going to be able to adapt if that run game is not there, and what can they do to get him comfortable now? Yeah, that's a that's a great
0: too. point. It's like I think before last week, people would be like, "Hey UCLA, like make DJ beat you," but that's kind of what Cal said last week. Now Oregon State was able to run the ball a little bit; like it's not like they were completely shut down, but. DJ responded. It w- it was really cool to see. I I'm I'm rooting for the guy. I've been rooting for the guy ever since he transferred. But going into this, am I going to go? What do we got? Five or six games that we just picked. Am I going to go six or six on on home teams? I can't do it. I like I like the defense. I think the defense is going to travel well for the Bruins. I think they're going to slow down uh, Martinez and they're going to get DJ more uncomfortable than than Cal obviously was able to last week. Give me the Bruins. I think it's four and a half. Give me the Bruins to win. Give me the cover.
1: Dude, this one's a full of a question. I me. Mean, I really don't know what to read on either of his teams. I think UCLA, very, very impressive win. Um, And Oregon State's looked like how they did. But, man, I just don't know. Like, is that UCLA defense really going to be able to not not let Martinez get going? Is DJ going to struggle against him? I really don't know, man. Um. Give me, you know, let's go Oregon State to win, but give me UCLA to cover. How about that? Let's go. Let's go with one of those. Give me, give me, the give me the home team to win, but give me UCLA to, to cover, uh, cover. a it.
0: very short number. We looked at all of these games. I think all of these games yep. were under outside the Iowa game. I think they're all under five points, which tells you that guys yep. don't let the casuals fool you. It's going to be an awesome week of college football. You better sit down on your TV or sit down on your couch and watch TV for twelve straight hours because you you got nothing else better to do. End. I promise. All right, moving through quickly. Let's go to under-the-radar games of the week. I'll list one for Jordan. Uh, I don't – does Parks have one here? I might give him – all right, Parks I'm going to throw one, one for there. him then after you give yours, Reese, but I'll go through JP's first. JP has two lane at Memphis. If this wasn't under the radar for JP, this is definitely the G5 game of the week. This is Friday night. This is a fantastic football game, I, mainly because these are the two top teams in the American Conference. Uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be UTSA, but – Memphis has looked really good. They beat Boise. Uh, They had a chance to beat Missouri. This is a really good football team. Tulane had a chance to beat Ole Miss at home with their backup quarterback. But that being said, both quarterbacks are going to be ready to go are back and healthy. Caleb Hennigan of Memphis is solid. He's definitely, he'd be a first team uh, All-American in this conference if it wasn't for Michael Pratt on the other side, who's going to be suiting up for Tulane. So Two awesome quarterbacks going against each other. This is Friday night, so you definitely have to watch it. I, there's no excuse for you to miss this one. That's J.P.'s. Reese, who
1: do you got for your under-the-radar game of the week? I took NC State going to Duke. Um, this is a spot where Duke still only has – they don't have a loss in conference too. and I mean, a loss to to another day team, um, that's that's fine according to them. Um, so what can Ryan Leonard and company do, keep themselves back on track? What can they do in the ACC? to not lose to this team because they still have a shot at um, playing for title at the end of the year, man. You just never know. So um, I like this this game. I will give Parks as first. I'm going to give Parks because we didn't
0: give a single 11 o'clock game. Uh, I'm going to go Arkansas at Alabama. Now, a lot of people might roll their eyes and think that this game is just going to be a just a throttle from Alabama. Uh, but I kind of like what I see out of Arkansas. This team is 2-4. and four. They still have – some of the best weapons in the country in KJ Jefferson. I think Rocket Sanders is back and he's healthy. Um, and this team really has, he hasn't quit. This like, yeah. team hasn't quit. They gave, they had a chance to win in Baton Rouge. They had a chance to win in Oxford last weekend. And they were fighting all the way with, with Texas A&M until the end. And I don't think just because they're two and four, like this team isn't going to roll over for Sam Pittman. I think if he does one thing right now, he's got some limitations as a coach. He's going to have his guys ready to go. I think they're going to fight. You have Alabama coming off eight massive win they you might see as like a a hangover spot for this team coming off like all the west is ours now we we got our game it's ours now look for arkansas to go in there and and give them give them something i i still believe in the hogs i think they still got something to play for this year my under the radar game of the week is missouri at kentucky you got to look at this game because it's still a top 25 matchup uh i i don't know how you keep kentucky in the top 25 But uh, that's whatever. Still top 25 matchup. And this is battle for like, this is probably the second spot in the East. Uh, Tennessee might have something to argue with, but I like both of these teams. These two teams are coming off losses, one way worse than the other, as we saw last week. But I think for Missouri, this is a test to see if this team is legit. Like I'm more so concerned about Missouri going into this game. I think this is the biggest game probably this season for Missouri. This could be, is this the biggest game for Eli Drinkowitz in his career? Like if he wins this football game, they get six wins. Now you're looking at, okay, I can beat a ranked team on the road. We could compete in the East. Like, okay, we'll take care of Georgia when that game comes around. But like if we win this football game, we might actually have a chance to get nine, ten wins unlike our consistent five to six wins that we get. Maybe this can spring me, springboard me into recruiting. Uh, and, and going forward for a guy who was kind of on the hot seat because Missouri fans were getting pretty sick of six wins year after year, which I don't know why you're complaining mm-hmm. about but whatever. Huge game for Drinkwits and Company. Winds Definitely keep an eye out for that one. That was our under-the-radar games of the week. I'm going to highlight this one quick. We got to cover the G5s. Even though we gave you Memphis and Tulane, you got to look at Wyoming at Air Force. the Fantastic. What a game. game Reese. Do you still root for air force being an army guy? Like you, you don't root for any service nope. Academy. So you, 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 would take the book. No, nope.
1: no. Well, we root, we, root for we, army. we root for army. Sorry. We I mean would say army, other, maybe. other service. No, go, army beat, go
0: army, beat Navy and air force Wyoming at air force. This is two of the top teams in the mountain West. You could argue these are two of the top five teams in the G five. This is going to be an absolute quote-unquote slobber knocker because <laughs> you have the
1: air
0: two teams that are oh. going to be slow scoring <laughs> the possessions are going to be low these two teams love to run the football they have the best uh wyoming has the best running back in the mountain west and harrison whaley he can rush for 150 yards on any given saturday uh and then i mean everybody knows when air force takes the field they can run at you with like four guys in their little wing T box or whatever the hell they're going to run. They can get anybody going on the yep. ground. So this might not be like all pleasing to the eyes if you want like fireworks, but this one's going to get,
1: this is, good football. this is what he one Reese, this is for the sickos.
0: Good. This is for the sickos out there. If you're sick <laughs> and you got nothing else to do with your Saturday, like I know most of you don't, you're going to want to at least have this on your laptop or your third TV. That is our G5 game of the week. Now we got to go to the fun stuff. We've, who said, Reese, who said that two guys couldn't cover it for an hour? Who said, who, people said we wouldn't be here.
1: Yeah. Come on, guys. We, we, we have so much more to, much much more to cover.
0: Let's go to it. Reese, start us off since me and Cam are, I believe, in the lead with six points. You've got some ground to cover. Give us your yep. dog's dog for the week. Yep. We've been waiting for it.
1: Yeah, man. I just, I got to get a winner back, dude. I mean, I rode high week one with Clemson, and then I got uh, Notre Dame to cover with a half a point. So I got to go with the team I think that I can straight up win a ball game because I need points. Um, but I, we talked about this game before. Give me Oregon. Um, I know it's on the road. It's it's a hostile environment. But, I mean, you look at that game last year. Washington traveled um, to Eugene, and they won that game there. So I don't think it's going to be a problem of the home team. Like I said, it's... We the line is what it is because it's the it's the home team like this is literally a flip coin a flip of a coin who's gonna win this ball game? Give me Oregon. I think they're a, a little more well put together team. I think that that they're gonna be able to run the game. Final, Bucky Irving, Bone Knicks just can't turn the ball over. But give me Oregon on the road it. to win this. Ball
0: Race, game. I'll go over JPs and I'll give you mine. While that happens, you can give Cam yep. whatever the hell you want. I don't I don't care yep. if it's I don't okay, care if it's I'll, Kent I'll State cover against Eastern Michigan, but. Cam, that's your loss, man. You put, you've now put your faith into, into Reese's hands, uh, as you are tied on the leaderboard with me, let's go over JP's JP. You're disgusting. JP has Purdue plus 19 and a half. Leave it for JP to throw this disgusting line at you guys and not have anybody to defend for it. Basically what JP wanted to say is it's college football. Uh, Ohio state is going on the road next week. Uh, this is just a maybe a hangover spot I guess if if you're looking at it I I don't I don't see it uh because personally for me now I don't want to like bad talk your dog's dog JP but Ohio State's defense Iowa's defense gave Purdue problems I think Ohio State's defense is going to give Purdue problems as well um but I do I will say JP I don't think Ohio State's offense has been sluggish. So that's the one spot I see like maybe Ohio State can't get a bunch of points on the board for for to cover over 20. So I'll give that to you, but I mean, good for you. I do have, he's got a 1B. Maybe we'll throw the 1B to Parks. I'll give mine first. I have Oklahoma State at home against Kansas. Oklahoma State's coming off a huge win against Kansas State at home. Some would say this is a hangover spot. I would say I think Gundy's got his guys in the right spot. That's personally for me. I've talked bad about Oklahoma State on this podcast before, but they are getting the run game going. They had Ollie Gordon running for over 100 yards, both against Iowa State and Kansas State. Kansas State's got a better defensive line than Iowa State probably does. Either way, those are two solid defenses. They're finally getting in their own against two good defenses running the football. That's going to open up things for Allen Bowman. And I think this team is going to be just fine running the football on Kansas of all defensive lines. Kansas's defensive line does not concern me whatsoever. This is a team that started five and one last year in Kansas, and I think they finished six and six. So we all remember how that how that went for them. Yep. This team's also it's a revenge spot for them. Like Kansas just embarrassed Oklahoma State at home last year, and I got to look it up for you guys. I'm sorry, but is Jalen Daniels playing? He hasn't played the last two weeks. I mean, Bean is fine, but I would rather have Jalen Daniels on, on my side when you're going on the road like that. So give me Oklahoma State plus three and a half. Might want to sprinkle a little money line. Let's get all three points here. Reese, do you have one or am I going to give Parks one B?
1: I'm trying to find him one that's that's a smaller okay. one because, okay. I, I mean, give him a shot. I don't hate the one that he has written down for him, so I let's, have let's just give
0: him that one. Wake Forest plus the one and a half. That is... That's JP's 1B. Now, JP, I'm going to be honest. I think you are going to regret not taking this one. They're on the road at Virginia Tech. I mean, Virginia Tech is a a very, very bad team. Wake Forest, you know what you get out of Wake Forest every single year, like six, seven wins. They're always going to play great um, and play consistent. So I do like that pick. I can't tell you I looked a ton into it, but Wake Forest on the road as an underdog at virginia tech that wraps up our dog's dog uh we need more points fellas we not only can we not get
1: we can't get money line wins we can't even
0: get our dogs to even bark we can't even get them to cover like we are struggling (laughs) so let's go let's hope everybody goes four for four this week let's let's make it interesting let's get it right back come on last ones we we have favorite lines of the weekend this is one i know we don't have for parks so i can give parks uh, a line and make that interesting but i'll give jp's first jp he's he's still sticking to his guns even though they left him burned last week he's got marshall marshall plus yeah. one on the road at georgia state jp you're a sick man this week you are an absolute dog
1: you're a sick puppy <laughs> he's, he's you're highlighting a sick puppy. his
0: under the radar game was a g5 game his favorite line was a g5 game and then he's taking purdue on the plus 19 and a half sick man. Jordan is, but I kind of like this pick. This is also a hell of a game. This could be considered a G five game of the week. Two teams that are, that are really awesome. Um, I can't defend one side of the other. It's, it's plus one for a reason, but he must really like Marshall in this spot. Um, and, and I, I don't hate it. I really don't Reese. Give us your favorite line of the week.
1: Say so JP went to take that one because he was mad that oh, okay. I took this one. He wanted this one. Give me UCLA and Oregon State under fifty four and a half. I think this is a game where Oregon State's gonna run the ball. They're gonna eat up the clock as much as they can, and UCLA has a hell of a defense. So I don't know if they're gonna be able to stop them all the time. Um, so I just think it's gonna be a, a battle of possessions. I don't think either team's gonna go over twenty four points. Obviously, if I if I have the under, I don't think it's gonna happen. So um, give me the under in this one. You guys are sick. More unders. It is it is a sick uh, – this is what happens when you only
0: get two yep. guys on the podcast. Yep. It gets a little yep. weird. It gets weird. <laughs> all right, I'll give you guys mine. I got Maryland minus the 14 against Illinois. Uh, Maryland is a team that I thought had a chance to really take it last week, especially in the first half. I think the defense has been playing pretty well for them uh, all year this year, and I thought they gave the offense an opportunity to win against Ohio State last week. I think Talalia is going to bounce back. This is an Illinois defense, man. That's bad. Like really, really. I mean, the offense is yep. even worse. The offense is worse. Just like, not this bad. is a team that Maryland's been at minus 14, a couple of times this year. And they've covered that spot. Like they've even been down 14, nothing in a couple of games this year. And they've still covered the 14. I I really like this spot. I think Talalia is going to bounce back and they're going to score 40 points on this Illinois team. And I didn't even mention how bad Illinois offense is like, they can't score. They,
1: oh. yep. Altmaier's so, been uh, struggling.
0: I, I look at the blueprint for for Maryland. What Kansas did to them, um, when they had to go to Lawrence, and Kansas got everything they wanted on the run game and the pass game, and they they couldn't get anything going against the Kansas defense. For God's sakes, I've always said I said it last on the recap: don't bet on previous previous games you've watched. But I've seen enough of the tape from Illinois to know that this. This shouldn't be close. This is this is a really bad football team, and I'm eating my words on my Big Ten West champion <laughs> Illinois fighting a Illini. So, uh, I, I I'm gonna go ahead. I don't think I'm gonna give Parks a line. I don't I don't want to speak on behalf of Parks for a favorite line. We had to give him a dog because we don't we don't keep standings in the favorite line. So, Cam, I'll save you in this one. But to go over it again, we'll give you all of our dogs. Dogs. Oregon, plus two and a half for Reese. Purdue, plus 19 and a half for Jordan. Oklahoma State, plus three and a half for me. Parks, wake on the road, plus one and a half. Our favorite lines of the week. Jordan's got Marshall, plus one. Reese's sick ass has (laughs) under 54 and a half. (laughs) In UCLA, Oregon State. And I have Maryland, minus the 14 against Illinois. Now, before we get out of here, we've kept you around long enough. I appreciate you guys...
1: Staying with,
0: with us as we've tried to Jordan and Pippen this podcast together. I know you guys wanted to stick around for Reese's Oregon pick, anyways. Before we go out, this is what I have for you, Reese. And I want to hear everybody else's, and maybe the guys will give us theirs when they come back next week. What is your dream playoff matchup? Maybe it's a college football playoff championship. Maybe it's a semifinal. I don't care if this team is ranked 11th right now. Let's make it reasonable, like a team that we could, if the dice, Rolls their way, they can get in. But mix it up, give it random. I don't, I don't care, Reese. What is your dream playoff matchup that you want to watch?
1: I think a really interesting one. This is in no particular. I don't know what the seating would be for the, but these four teams: North Carolina, South uh, okay. Southern California, Penn State, and wow. LSU. Replace Maybe yeah. maybe swap out LSU. Maybe swap out LSU for like okay. a Texas or something like that. But I think I think those four, fan base wise, and also just think what you're looking at, with those teams bring to the table. Also because I don't want to pick boring old Alabama, Georgia, well, Michigan, Ohio State. I don't want to pick. I don't want to go with the, the old reliables. I want some new faces in there. I want some people. To well, get that some would, be, yeah, some people would be yeah. Those would be four new you know?
0: faces, uh, in the college football playoff. I would love to see what a betting line would be. If you bet, uh the chances of all four teams being that are new this year that weren't in last year's playoff, it would probably be like at least plus, I would say plus a thousand. I mean, you gotta imagine Georgia and Michigan are, yeah, they're in a really good spot to get back in. They're again. pretty much they're locked. Um, but I love that. I, I actually, you gave me all four. That's so out of those Matt, out of those four teams, who would you want to see play each other? Like, give me one of the matchups of of those four teams.
1: Give me, I would say, how about North Carolina in Texas, and then we'll go Mack USC Brown against Penn his State. old team. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. Didn't mean to do I that. There we go. That, that would be a,
0: <laughs> that's a fantastic matchup. Up. I wasn't as smart as you, Reese. I didn't give all four teams, but if I had to see a playoff game or if I had to see a national title game, you got to give me, and it's one A or one B, but you got to give me either Texas or Oklahoma versus USC. Okay, you. Everybody knows yeah, I love fun. throwbacks. I love nostalgia. I love to relive my childhood because I can't graduate. I can't grow up. I have to see. I want to see Texas or Oklahoma play USC. These were two national title games uh, back in the early 2000s. Number one, USC. I mean, this is my thing. Like when I go to March Madness, I hate the nine seeds that get in the damn playoff or the Final Four because they don't have the best players in the tournament. I want the best damn player to be on the biggest spot. I want the Patrick Mahomes of college football to be in the national championship or to be in the college football playoff because I just love watching fun guys. So that's the reason why I would love to see USC. And number two, I want to see Texas or Oklahoma. I don't care if they're leaving the Big 12. It's two name brands that we haven't seen in the national championship spotlight in a long time. If I had to pick one, I mean, just for headline reasons, Give me Texas and USC. I you have Sark who is revitalized his career. He's like back in the national championship. This is the team that slayed Goliath and went on the road to beat Alabama. They had some adversity in a awesome red rivalry game, Red River rivalry game, and they're they're reliving arguably the greatest national championship that we've probably ever seen back in the Vince Young Matt Liner days. So that's that's what I got. I think that would be pretty cool, huh? absolute great playoff or national championship matchup now USC you got some work to do but Texas or Oklahoma I could definitely see one of you two getting in in the college football playoff but that is another conversation for another day Reese before we get out of here appreciate you your your carries we talked about it in the recap you got you get normally like you your 10 carries yeah. how do you feel after 40 carries this week are you exhausted do you need a bye
1: week you No, dude, I'm fine. I'm ready to go again. Like, if this is if this is what I got to do every week, and you need uh, just to do it, pay me more, guys. Like, I'm in, coach. Whatever you need me. This is Zach Moss waiting for a shot for uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor thinks he's coming back. Nope, Zach Moss is staying, and he's getting his carries, dude. I'm ready for
0: it. Reese, I fucking love the Colts reference.
1: I am here for the Colts reference. There you go. Uh, There you go. South
0: division division winners right now. All right, that's all we got. I'm not getting into the NFL. Appreciate you guys sticking with us. We will have all the boys back next week. Me and Reese did what we could. We covered all the games this week. It is going to be yet another exciting one. So tell your girlfriends you're busy. Tell your friends you have lives unless they want to sit down and watch the game with you and enjoy another great week of college football. Before we head out, you know what we got to do. (laughs)